Hello, friends. Jeff Stuckey here. It's time to go find our balls. Let's go together, shall we? Shotgun <laughs> position. Greg Allen behind the driver's wheel. Greg, how are you? Well, I'm doing good today, Jeff. Kind good. of excited about things we're going to talk about. And uh, yeah. Again, how do we know <laughs> when you're excited? Just yeah. by, we just have to take your word yeah, for I'll, it. Yeah, I'll tell you. And I won't lie. That's true. Yeah. You, you totally, completely do not have the capacity to lie. <laughs> Whereas I like to enjoy it, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, so we have tried to kill small talk with Greg, but mm-hmm. the the damn thing just keeps coming back to life. So we're going to listen to the universe, and we're going to continue the segment small talk with Greg. Now, if we're going to keep doing this, we got to get some kind of musical oh, introduction absolutely. or something. Yeah. So we're going to have to marry this thing or kill it today <laughs> and i guess we'll decide okay. after today's edition of small talk yeah. with greg okay and i'll try to lead in as though i just gonna do a small talk thing. Oh, okay uh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah yeah so uh, that's good almost like a role play yeah cool so yeah jeff man weird thing happened to me uh, a couple of days ago and greg when you say a weird thing happens to you <laughs> that fucking thrills me because i can't even come up yeah. Like, I can't even fantasize the shit that actually happens to you. <laughs> right, so right. I speak for all of our listeners when I say we are now all ears. Okay. Well, now that that's too much weight. I mean, this was just a random thing. Oh, apologies. But, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I'm sitting on uh, Main Street, a little park bench with a friend of mine. Uh, he looks like he's homeless. He's not homeless. He he's aimless and he's crazy, but he's not homeless. Aimless, crazy, but not homeless. Got yeah, okay. but he, he could pass for homeless guy very easy. Okay. And then I'm sitting there, I got my little dog, I'm taking him out. You know, he's a little, um, you know, high-end dog, whatever, you know, you pay a lot for My wife. snobby is, dog. Is yeah, that, so yeah, it's yeah. my wife's dog. Bougie, I think is Bougie, perhaps okay. what they call it. We'll go with that. Right. But I look worse than a homeless guy because i just been on my two-day, what's turned out to be three-day plumbing experiment trying to fix something. So, you know, I, I'm like got on the worst clothes, I'm probably smell, you know, and uh, a, a sock hat and stuff. And I look pretty bad, unshaven and no haircut. <laughs> All the, I mean, that's just part of it, but just painting a picture. And we talk for a while, you know, and then um, we get up and just go separate ways. And I'm walking back to the condo, and these two guys pass me, younger guys. Pretty, Can I just interject quickly? Yes. Is the crazy, aimless, non-homeless guy an acquaintance, or is this a first-time interaction? No, I, I've talked to him You before. guys talk. Okay, yeah, okay. Just, yeah. all right. And um, so I passed these two guys, and well-dressed, good-looking young professional guys, you know, mm-hmm. I guess at the end of their work day. And they're talking, and about the time I get past them, just a step or two, one of them says to the other, I don't see how homeless people have dogs. You know? <laughs> <laughs> And it took me a few more steps because I'm thinking, yeah, well, that would be weird. And I'm looking at her like, why the fuck? Yeah, how can they take care of a dog and not take care of themselves? And And then it occurs to you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So that was was good. (laughs) So did you engage our young, snobby professionals? Had I caught them. So by this point, you know, we're 12, 15 feet away. So I'd go, hey, buddy, come back here. That wouldn't have worked. But if I could have said, yeah, I'm thinking the same thing, you know, but it just oh didn't God. happen. 
That's uh, see, that is something that's in the lane of only happens to Greg Allen. Yeah, I see that now. <laughs> I mean, so you haven't no been sitting on a park bench with the homeless guy or homeless esque uh, no. with a bougie dog and yeah. then mistaken. As a homeless person, no. I don't have an experience that even is like, well, <laughs> this this is kind of like, no, I got, I can yeah, pitch no. you nothing. <laughs> okay. And well, I'm trying, man. I'm digging deep into the recesses, and I got nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I, can I say this part? Uh-huh. And I hate to ruin the small talk with some depth, you know. Well, I think we can. Well, let's let's conclude small talk with Greg. Okay. And we, then we'll just kind of use this as transition into. All right. Whatever the fuck's going to yeah. happen next. Well, well, the depth of this, I've, I've hung out with several groups of people that are um, not in the mainstream culture and then been mistaken for one of them just because of association. And then you hear comments that people make, or they treat you a certain way, and, and it can be hurtful. You know, it doesn't bother me necessarily. I could think it's funny, but it just makes but me... But you're not true to the tribe. You're right. Like, yeah. yeah. They let me in, but they know I'm, uh, you know, provisional. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, it makes me think, you know, we need to be conscious of just stray comments that we make, even just glances, you know? Yeah. I mean, we just should be aware of how that could affect someone. Yeah. Oh, people that. are people are fucking mean. They can be. And it's hard to know, you know, even in the, the polarity of the political culture that we're in right now and all of those things, it's like, it seems like fucking mean is the norm and Mm -hmm. it's but but both who whoever is at odds both feel equally justified Mm -hmm. in just the absolute egregious things that they say to each other and Mm -hmm. it's like I'm, i'm gonna botch this which is unfortunate but it's but i i do try to use that mantra you know before you open your mouth, it's, you know, is it true? Mm-hmm. Is it useful? Is it kind? Right. And it's like, we f- we'll we fuck all that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's like, yeah. who gives a fuck if it's true? <laughs> yeah, right. How deep is this going to cut them? Mm-hmm. Now I'm totally going to say it. Yeah. And I don't know how you recover from that. But yeah. it would be nice if we, I mean, didn't kindness and humility and modesty that was a thing at some point wasn't it i feel like it was you know and not all that long ago i mean fuck just yeah anyway that's probably a different podcast but uh, and and i i see that in some places um small little communities i've seen it uh, down south um and then and then even in nashville I mean, that's not a, bit, a small city, right, but, right, right. so this was just a little suburb and stuff, but people just it seemed kind, you know, um, it, it was just, it was out, it seemed out of place in, in some sense. Yeah. It's fascinating. There was some research done, uh, in the fifties and there was this community in Pennsylvania, the, the area escapes me, um, It'll come to me. But the reason that it got on anybody's radar screen was in the 50s in men, heart attack, heart disease, cholesterol, those kinds of things were just epidemic. And so this one general practitioner happened to notice that um, Rosetta, that's the Mm. suburb, and they were referred to as the Rosettans. 
And there was a GP in that area that noticed that these people were not being affected by this epidemic. And so they did all of this medical research and, you know, they figured, they thought, you know, perhaps it's like some kind of genetic anomaly or it's diet or it's lifestyle. So as they started to kind of assess that, they found out that these were incredibly sedentary people. They smoked a lot. (laughs) Their diet consisted of very high saturated fat. And so they're like, well, holy fuck, what is going on? And so then they had some sociologists come in. And what they found was it was normative for this society to have multiple generations living under the same roof Mm -hmm. that – there was no noticeable differentiation between the haves and haves nots. Mm. There, there was yeah. no ostentatious displays of wealth. The civic activity, they had an inordinate number of just active civic groups mm-hmm. that made this just, and that was the only association that they could make, that the connection that mm-hmm. they shared, the rapport, all of these kinds of things were the difference makers in in what was something that really threatened their mortality. Yeah, yeah. And they went back recently and they studied it again and they found that future generations moved out away from and engaged in the similar lifestyles of that opposite of what it was before. And now their occurrence of heart attack and heart disease and all of those kinds of things was on par with the rest of the country. And it's, so we treat this thing like the community kindness, all of like, like so flippantly. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, it's like, And it's like you look at the world today and you wonder what's wrong with it. It's like, well, fucking mean. (laughs) Like, it ain't a goddamn mystery. We say horrible, awful things to each other. When people fail, like, we celebrate, like, ah, I knew that was fucker. I mean, it's like, Mm. it's kindness matters. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that rant. So you and I serendipitously had a a simultaneous experience that <laughs> we were not aware of. That's right. And uh, so this past weekend, we both found ourselves at the Eric Church uh, concert, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I'm still I- like, <laughs> had, I, had I not been fairly deep in the bourbon at that point, <laughs> um, and then I do get a point on the weekends where I just don't check my phone. I'm just like fucking, yeah. I mean, I may check it just to make sure one of my kids isn't dying or something mm-hmm. like that. But I, I just don't check my phone. And I'm not one of those people that goes to a concert yeah. and watches it through my phone. Right. Like that's not a yeah. good time for me. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so. Yeah, so I get a. You and Eric Church. I know. I got a call at uh, five o'clock from somebody that said, uh, hey, you want some tickets to the concert? Oh, oh on the night of. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, it's about five thirty. Doors open at six or something. Yeah. Didn't they? <laughs> I know. So we only lived a block and a half away. So I go. I think I can make that. Uh, and my son-in-law is an avid country fan. Now, did you have any any 
back knowledge of Eric Church or any, no, any, okay. no, I'd seen the name, you know, uh, but I w- couldn't have told you one of his songs. Oh, okay, all right. Um, so yeah, it was. It's like, well, I'm about trying new things. <laughs> Not that a concert's a new. Well, it but, ain't fucking yeah. uh, Pink Floyd, that's for sure. <laughs> I know. But I th- were you there at the beginning uh, or right before you came out? That intro song was was all Pink Floyd all over it. Oh, I don't. I've, I I yeah, think you, I was still yeah standing in the drink line. So <laughs> sorry, man. Priorities, dude. <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah. when the lights went off and concert. stage turns red, they were playing something that was Pink Floyd esque. Oh, cool. All right. So, uh, so yeah, it was great. Uh, I was. Is that true? It was great. Like, I, I, well, here's the thing. Two things. I was amazed at how it moved me, like musically. Okay. Like, wow. I don't. I have no idea what he's saying. I've never heard this song, but like, I'm kind of moving to it. You know. Um, and not quite as much as the drunks around me. Sure. But, you know, right. they, they were constantly being pushed back in the seats by the, the guy in the center whose job was to keep the aisle clean. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, it was still, it was moving me physically. And then after a while, when it started affecting me emotionally, um, it was like, wow, how is this doing this? When I, I don't even know what he's saying. Right. You know? I can so, relate to that because I didn't, I mean, I'm not a, a huge what I like about Eric Church is that he wears his Ray-Bans all the fucking time. Okay. And as you know, I I aspire yeah. to have the status where I can just wear my Ray-Bans <laughs> all the time. And I just need to commit to it. It's like, fuck, I can just do that. But I just, yeah. I just don't think I have the social credibility for it. And then you can't stop when you start. Right. You, you have to do it forever. And then when my clients, I don't know, that's like, <laughs> like Jeff, are you going to take your Ray-Bans off? No, I'm not. Okay. So anyway, so that just Can't creates that. a a lot of complexities that I'm just not. I'm not at the point that I can solve. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I I I get what you're saying about there's something about his music that just really does. If it's one of the more aggressive songs, like it just mm. kind of gets you going. But if it's one of those more melodic, just mm-hmm. kind of. I don't know, he's got some song called Springsteen, and I don't know any of the words, but it yeah. just kind of, you know, yeah. and you're just kind of swaying yeah. a lot. Yeah, so there is a power to his music. I agree. Yeah. But so. this this concert affected you on a more, I would say, philosophical level. You would say spiritual level. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, enlighten us. Okay. Uh, well, you know, I, I posted about it, but I can go ahead and explain that now because not everybody reads my post. <laughs> Uh, Greg, I don't, I don't want to crush you right now. <laughs> well, eighteen people read it, so listen. Oh, eighteen, okay. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I'm going to validate that number while you're sharing. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, one of his songs, uh, him and uh, his uh, co-singer Joanna Cotton were um, going. That, that woman can sing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I He's, mean, when she unleashes, God damn, yeah, man. I, I'm not sure what he, how he refers to her, but it's not backup singer. She started that way, and it's like, okay, this ain't that oh, anymore. Oh no, man, she, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so they're singing about a relationship, and, and I, I think he's saying um, she loves me like, and I had no idea what what she loved him like. I just knew. Which he, is, what's so beautiful about that is that's one of his most popular songs. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> and you you are the only person yeah. in the audience that is like, what's he saying? I don't know. Which is fascinating. I mean, yeah. that, but this also just completes the whole story. Yeah. So, anyway. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I was wanting that little piece of information, you know. <laughs> but, but you're right. Everybody else knew it. Uh, anyway. Uh, so, you know, they say that several times and, and he finishes the line. I just never knew what the last part was and, until, until they stopped right at, she loves me like, and then it just went silent. Um, so they waited quite a while and then he brings it back in with Jesus does. And, uh, and I had chills for that moment, you know, to where it's like, wow, I wasn't expecting that. I mean, there's a lot of ways she could have loved me right. that I would have said, well, yeah, that's what country songs are like, right. you know. But I didn't see that one coming, and it was like, okay, and it, and it was so that just kind of next levels it for you. Oh or yeah, just... yeah. And I thought that was the extent of it, you know, right. where like, oh wow, that was neat. That's very good songwriting kind of thing, and that uh -huh. touched me. That kind of that level uh, until the next day, <laughs> where I wake up in in the morning uh, earlier than normal, and I'm like freaking out, like. It's just going through my mind what that meant. I mean, I don't know if I was dreaming it or I just woke up and I start thinking it. I, I can't know, but I do know that I was trying to put that into words. Like, what what did that mean? What does that mean in my life? What would that look like if people did that? You know, um, what if it was just you doing it with one person? I mean, that could change things. You know, and uh, so this is like four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> well, it was actually three thirty because I I got up and uh, and I just started typing trying to get the words out you know i mean because the words were there i just needed to get them out I, I find that a lot when i write fiction it's like i'm just typing what's already out right. there yeah, yeah. uh but this wasn't fictional though uh so yeah just putting that together like man would that be amazing if i knew that when i woke up my my spouse my friends my family and i'm not saying they don't at some level but what if i knew that they accepted and loved me completely not dependent on my worthiness you know and and no connection to my past wrongs or any kind of grudge or resentment which is one of my major sins is uh resentment you know it doesn't come out but somewhere in there is buried the seed of like Gosh, I was wrong there, you know, and that's got to go. I know that. Um, but what if that just wasn't a part of our relationships? I mean, that just seemed phenomenal. It just too hard for me to get my head around. I I can't have had an epiphany, I guess, to that degree. I I didn't know my my thinking wasn't any more sophisticated than. I liked somebody or I didn't like them. Yeah. And and not really even having a consciousness of what my categories were. Mm -hmm. Probably did they did they think I was if <laughs> yeah. they thought I was cool, I liked them. Yeah. And if they didn't think I was cool, they were a stupid son of a bitch, yeah, right? Right. And and I remember early on in my profession, professional development, a client disagreeing with me. And I remember that just spiraling me like, and not really even knowing what, what other than I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on the attack. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was so preoccupied with the experience that I don't even really know what I said, but mm -hmm. believe it or not, they did not reschedule. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Best like, for both of you. That dude's got some fucking issues. <laughs> like he needs to find his own therapist. Yeah. 
And I had been exposed to um, Carl Rogers' work, um, which he, he refers to as person-centered therapy. And in his discussion of person, person-centered therapy, he, he labeled this notion unconditional positive regard. Yeah. And it, you know, that, that, term that phrase unconditional positive regard it's stuck in my mind like a splinter a long time before i really understood it but eventually it 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 evolved to this understanding of and this is what he meant right this isn't anything that i it was it just my futile <laughs> infantile little mind Always be for your client. You're always for them. No matter what they bring into your office, no matter what issues are going on, it's I I am for you. I want the best for you. I wanna I wanna join in with you in whatever place you're at. Mm-hmm. And I I, I I'm not going to presume that I know exactly how to help you or that I fully understand how you got to where you are. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's the kind of thinking that I would do. Like, you dumb fuck. I'd never yeah, yeah. do that to my own life. Right. But then when you back up and you hear their story, you know, it's the mm-hmm. cliche walk a mile in their shoes mm-hmm. without judgment. Mm-hmm. 100% of the time, I'm like, I could totally fuck my life up that way. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I could so easily have already done that right. or do that tomorrow. Yeah. And then pulling back and uh, not assuming that I know exactly what you need from me. Mm-hmm. And that for me was such a fucking freedom. Mm-hmm. The pressure of one, just the 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 angst of judging everyone. Yeah, fuck. Because you know it's wrong, but you're still doing it and not knowing how to stop it, yeah. and just the like. Uh, uh. And for me, this was this for me. This is why stepping away from religion was was good for me because the the whatever i don't know what i formed on my own and how much is inherent in a religious orientation but there's a presumption of i have some level of enlightenment right i have now for me it was i'm saved right and you're not saved and i need to save you Mm -hmm. fuck that's too much pressure for a moron like me yeah yeah it's just like (laughs) and 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 why i could ramble about that so so getting stepping outside of that orientation and and adopting this unconditional positive regard i have no fucking clue how you got to the point that you got and and part of therapy right is filling that narrative in 
even for the client because they're they don't even know right they've just they've just been reacting to these circumstances just boom 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 and it's like they don't even know oftentimes they're sitting in that position thinking i'm just a maladaptive defective pathological human being Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so then when you're curious about their story not Mm -hmm. presumptuous like god you are a fucked up individual but well let's Let's talk about how you got to this place. Mm-hmm. And not that you ask that question, you ask yeah. other questions. Yeah. But when you just approach it with a curiosity, mm-hmm. not judgment, why the right. fuck did you do right. that? Well, how the fuck did that happen? Yeah. What? Not, not looking but it's for just blame. Like, right. Yeah. It just, the rapport, the, that is a sacred space mm-hmm. to where you you just are connected in a way where there isn't any of that emotional angst, you know, where I'm like, I'm so superior to Mm -hmm. you and we're fucking in this together and together, meaning understanding it and determining where we go from here. That, that just became unconditional positive regard just became my conscious yeah. mantra for a very long time. And the two things that I would usually say, cause I'm a fucking weirdo <laughs> every morning. I, I have this little checklist that I go through every morning. One yeah. is the Hippocratic oath above all do no harm. Just being very conscious of that above all do no harm above all do no harm. The second thing is new beginning. I don't fucking know anything. Whatever I think I understand, I probably don't understand. And new beginning comes out of the Buddhist orientation that today's a new day. I don't want it to be limited by my experiences from Mm -hmm. yesterday. And then the third thing is unconditional positive regard, unconditional Mm -hmm. positive regard. I, when my, the second that I interact with my client, I want them to feel that unconditional positive regard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's great. And you know, you taught me that, Oh, probably a decade ago. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. What? Yeah. And I remember using that uh, as I had to start from the idea of behavior. Like if you can't get that in your belief system yeah. immediately, I could get it in how I acted and then worked backwards. I'm not saying that's the right way. I'm just right. saying I had to start somewhere because I had that judgment the same way that you were talking about, you know, and you don't mean to, you know, and even when I would ask questions, they would be judgment laced, you know? So you have to get to a point where you can say, well, like you were saying, let's, let's talk through your story and try and put the pieces together. Some of it, you made a choice. Some of it, this just happened. You right. know, junk happens. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let's just piece it together. Right. So, um, for, forgive me for the antagonistic. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Go ahead. Why is the church so bad at it? Now, if 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 the presupposition to that question is flawed, I'm open to that. Yeah. But and I've read this multiple times that the and it's the Pew, is that right? Is that mm, the Pew report? Yeah. yeah. When people are asked what's the number one what do you what's the mm. first thing you think of when you hear Christian, the number one thing is gay hater. Like that's oh, okay. the, the number one response. Now that's a bit dated because I'm mm. out of that community. So I so I will yeah. I will admit that mm-hmm. that 
doesn't seem like it's being projected. <laughs> right. He, she, they love me like Jesus does. What? Yeah. What the fuck's going on in in, in on your side <laughs> over there, man? <laughs> okay. Well, then we'll back up to the question and say we can look at this multiple ways. We can say what's wrong with all of this, and uh, and we'll definitely go there. Oh yes, but, we definitely will go there because <laughs> I, I got know. lots of questions. I know, I know. But it's some somewhere we need to back up from that and say, okay, what's right there, and how can we encourage that? Or we can say, is there something right somewhere else? Because if somebody else is doing it better, some other group has is promoting humility and love and kindness better. Then let's let's explore that. Okay, you know? Ken. But the only exception that I'll take with that is that. You guys advertise, right? I was okay. thinking that. Yeah, okay, like. so it's it's in your marketing campaign. The neo Nazis are not saying <laughs> like, modesty. She right? loves me like Jesus. Okay, so let's just let okay. like. But the only thing I'm saying is what's on the inside of the package seems like it should match what's advertised on the outside of the package. Okay. That, is that a fair assessment? It, or It's fair. It, it's my fault. We're and no offense, bro, positive. you walked right into that. Like was, I was just like, <laughs> throw that pitch. He's going to throw that pitch. Anyway, You're all right. Back. And I'm not, I don't mean to be antagonistic at all, but I don't think I'm alone in this. Right, right. And, and you know, I, here's here's this is the honest truth. I would love to go to church mm-hmm. now, not these big ass right. fucking Tonight Show versions. <laughs> God, that shit! Mm-hmm. What are you people doing with these massive buildings and and you don't have to respond to this? Okay. I'm just fucking venting yeah. right now. And your fancy light shows and, and the big screens and the smoke. <sighs> Like at the concert, yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? So then it's like, and then it's almost like all the failed rock stars, the the Eric Church wannabes, like, <laughs> or maybe he's he's a pastor wannabe, you know? Well, he seems to be pastoring, <laughs> bro. Yeah. Based on your experience, like, way to go, Eric Church. You have a convert, uh, right, right? Anyway, but to go to a church. That's mm-hmm. small enough that it's people that I'm familiar mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, Joe, Jim, whatever. Mm-hmm. And and just sing, because the hymns are very familiar to me, right? Mm-hmm. And very comforting. Not, I don't, you know, I don't really care about, it's just, the, I don't care about the implications of the words or the, you know, those kinds of things. It's just like, that's just very familiar to me. And it would be very comforting to sit in a, pew and people open up their hymnals and somebody behind me thinks they can sing but they can't (laughs) sing but they are making the proverbial joyful noise and the pastor saying something right i don't need 45 minutes or whatever yeah like bro yeah (laughs) you ain't that like no (laughs) 20 minutes and then like wrap it up okay and then and then let's commune Mm-hmm. let's that would be awesome now i would keep my atheist status yeah. like i don't yeah but nine times out of ten when i go to a church and i've given up on the quest one you like asking for my money and two 
I just want to hang out. Like I don't, I'm not here to corrupt oh, your right. belief system. Right. I'm on, I'm in your playground, right? I'm not going to come in here and take a piss. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not looking to pick a fight and say, here's where I disagree or what about this? Right, right. No, I'm here like just universal communal love and like, Hey, mm. get, but it's, it always escalates <laughs> to what would happen if I died tomorrow? And then I have to say, I will go into an eternal, blissful sleep. I will go back into the energy of the universe. And then you see what happens after that. Yeah, it won't be Anyway, good. that's a lot of... Wow. And I don't know where you want to take the, all no, that. There was a lot of answers tied into those <laughs> ranting questions, but there's no way I could have got it in there. I apologize. <laughs> but I will tell you this, that feeling that you talked about, I had that um, two weeks in a row where... Uh, so I'm trying to get back into attending church after all the pandemic stuff. And, oh, yeah, yeah. and my wife is not thrilled about going into a building with lots of people. Um, but anyway, so I went into two different churches. And neither one of them could I say, well, I, I was ever a member there. But I, I attended there. I knew the people in it. I knew them from various places. And Jeff, it felt like that community thing. When I walked in... Uh, both places. The, the first one, the girl at the door greeted me by name because I had invested in her life when she was in college, in a, yeah. in a college ministry, you know. Not, not in depth, you know, but just held meetings at my house for a few times and um, and walked past other people, probably three or four more people that I had invested in that it's like, okay, I feel good here, right. you know. But I, that doesn't come at just me picking up and going into a church you know, where I, I don't know anybody and I, I have a, I'll say a chip on my shoulder, you know, but something like that. It's like that doesn't necessarily work there. Maybe you could say it should, but it doesn't. But those places where I had invested in people, uh, it like it was, I don't say paying back, but it felt good to be there, you know. Um, and, well, the other part of that is, <laughs> and, and here's sort of your answer, is another thing on the label Christianity yeah. is, is that there is a us and them type notion to the idea. Seems to be yes, it's kind of inherent, right? It's inherent. Yeah, that's right, a better right. way to say it because we, we don't. Um, you got some exclusivity there, right? Like, and yeah. it's, like you said, it's not the headline. We don't want to advertise <laughs> it, but it's built into what it is. Right. But so it's all how you handle that. You know, the, the Christian and the non-believer coming right. into it. So, like, do we go in it, like, okay, or, or as the Christian, I can speak from that standpoint. It's like, do I say, well, here's a, a heathen, let me see what I can do to save him. I've never thought that. I don't think that. But you're an anomaly. Would you agree on that? Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> but uh, an anomaly, yes, but there are other people. I'm not saying that you're the only mm -hmm. one, but I'm saying, I would say you are the exception to the rule. Okay. And I say that, well, and I would tell you that that's, we wouldn't have the camaraderie we have if right. that weren't true. <laughs> right, right. Right. I right, mean, we'd be right. fucking, our friendship would have ended a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And that, I guess that's what's so unusual to me. Anyway, finish that thought. I'll, I'll come back to that. Yeah. So tying it into the, the unconditional positive regard, if, if I look at someone as though like, well, you've got some good characteristics, they're not jumping right out at me. <laughs> But if we dig deeper, I'm sure we'll find it. But I'm going to approach you as though they're there. Right. Yeah. And that I don't know. Right. 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 I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. Yeah. 
And then the negative vibes that I'm feeling, there's also a cause for that. You know, they showed up with the backstory that I, I've got no insight into. And so it's like, and, and it may be more systematic where they dress a certain way, have their hair a certain way as a, as a mask, as a guard, something like that. And I, I want to allow for that, you know, and I, here's, okay. So here's, here would be when I have tried to go to church and this may be just my only feeling, right. But if I've gone to a church where, I mean, we live in a smaller town, right. And I used to be, mm-hmm. I used to have pretty high status in oh, yeah. that community. Yeah, you were a big fish, small was, pond. That's right, motherfuckers, <laughs> big, yeah. And uh, so, but if I go in, there's always this feel of, I, I don't even know how to articulate it exactly, but it's like the people are too excited to see me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's like... I'm not that exciting, okay? Right. Like, so I, then all of a sudden I start getting I suspicious. Know. Like, why can't, hey, Jeff, how are you today? And Jeff is a sophisticated thinker. Mm-hmm. At least I yeah. like to think of myself as such. And I'm not going to assume that I know the reason why he's here. And I certainly don't have an agenda for him that I'm going to try to force him in. I'm just glad to see Jeff. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go talk to Jeff about shit. Sorry, poopy, whatever. The <laughs> whatever Christian you say in church. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then say, hey, maybe dinner sometime. And then it's like, I don't know, maybe. That's cool. Yeah. But it always feels like there's this mm-hmm. agenda to pull me towards that, like, prodigal son kind of mm-hmm. returning home mm-hmm. or whatever and it's like can't i just fucking come hang out and drink your coffee and mm-hmm. i'll put a few mm-hmm. dollars in the and care about you and you care about me and if if it needs to go beyond that i'm going to respect your belief system mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not here to dismantle anything and i would appreciate that in return yeah why doesn't that exist is that a fair assessment and why doesn't that exist in the church yeah okay well your case might be unique but fair yeah the idea is though like if if you had uh but do you think people get that feeling in general that oh they're trying to it's almost like the upsell i would say there there could be that underlying thing but i would say you experience it to the full extent because of of the simple reason that you are who you are and you broke from the church the way you did. Um, so like if, if Eric church would have called you up on stage the other night and said, this is my best friend, Jeff Stuckey. I'm so glad you're here. And we should be best friends. Well, God dang it. It's only introduction. I think we'd be good friends. Oh, absolutely. Anyway, but that's another issue. Keep going. Yeah. If that would have happened, then the next time somebody saw you, they they would have said, "Hey, Jeff, I saw you up on stage with Eric Church, or I heard this happen," because it was a thing. Right? Okay, so when you denounced Christianity at some level, I don't think that's fair. It's not. I know. Okay, I knew it when I said it. Denounced was a little bit too big of a hammer. I ain't (laughs) denouncing anything. I'm just saying. I don't want to wear that T-shirt anymore. Okay. I'm not trying to rip up your T-shirt. Right, right, I just right. don't want... I okay, knew, sorry. I knew it. Okay. Um, so and when, being on a podcast with a therapist fucking sucks. Right. Oh. 
Can you imagine, like, Aunt, poor Anne, she's got to deal with this shit. I know. And I try not to do it. I try not to exact every word. You can't. That's why can't, I drink, yeah. bro. I got to. You put a couple drinks in me, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Completely sober, I can't turn right. that shit off. Well, you changed my outlook on Fridays. Fridays is my new Monday. <laughs> this is when we record. And you're like stressed out. I know. It's like, oh, it's Friday. <laughs> fuck, he's going to grill me. Anyway, back to not. So let's go with separated from Christianity. Okay. All right. Well, you I said. don't have an axe to grind with Christianity. Okay. Uh, so when you when you did that though, unfortunately because you're you, that didn't happen uh, in a vacuum. Everyone knew about it, or I say everyone in your church family community, you know, they knew. And so, like that's a thing. It's like the elephant in the room, you know. And but why does it change? I think I'll be interested to see your response on this. I think I have become a kinder, more compassionate. Mm more intentional person as a result of that change for me. And mm -hmm. I, I want to be very clear. I'm not trying to undermine no. anybody's belief system. That's, uh, that's above my pay grade, but that doesn't seem to matter. No, it doesn't. And <laughs> which is, no, no, I mean to the I people that you're right, talking right, right, about. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and that's the whole idea of our man-made notion: good guys who drink and cuss a lot. Right. It, it doesn't have to be literally drinking and cussing, but the idea is, is like, yeah, I'm I'm me. I do what I do, uh, you know. But I'm a good guy. That's what you want to put out there. And that's, that's exactly great. the foundation. Yeah, is that. Because I've lived that conflict, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. it was very, very difficult. That first transition away from a religious orientation. I mean, when you break up with the God of the universe, bro, <laughs> I know you haven't done that, mm -hmm. but that is stressful as fuck. I can imagine. It is like, <laughs> and and then you like, you you ask him out again. You're like, I, I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. And so there, it takes yeah. several iterations of that yeah. to finally like pull out of that. Mm -hmm. um, and then when you do finally do it, you just wait to like evaporate. Like yeah. you're just going to like, this going to happen <laughs> soon. Yeah. like, or some tragedy is going to happen, oh, right? Yeah, I'm going to get yeah. hit by a bus or something yeah, yeah, because yeah. I just broke up with the God of yeah. the universe. And, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a terrifying experience. Yeah. And, and the worst or a, a added thing to that is that all the friends that you had chose sides and it wasn't you. You're fucking kidding. Nope. <laughs> it yeah. was like, Hey, where did everybody go? But, you know, in their defense, if your choices was, I'm going to follow God or Jeff Stuckey. <laughs> Why is that? There's no forced choice there. Oh, Jeff just doesn't do the Christian thing anymore. Uh, yeah, and I'm not trying to defend that except to say that that's what people thought. And this... That's what's wrong. This is what pisses me off. Yes, yes. And I, I think I picked up on that. Yeah, it, but I think it matters, man, mm -hmm. because I will tell you in earnest... There is not a single argument that I could construct against the ethic of the life of Jesus. Mm -hmm. When you read the Gospels, particularly the Gospel of John, I mean, that is just such a beautiful, just the way that it's written, and it's just more, I don't know, philosophical, it's less historical right. narrative, so that yeah. would appeal to me. It's inarguable. 
It's a beautiful, wonderful, incredible thing. And I think it matters. Mm-hmm. When you have an artist like Eric Church sing a song, and, and I'm, I, it's, it's not just the lyrics. It's the way he fucking sings it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he sings it like a guy that is struggling with the undeservedness of that. Mm-hmm. but also the desire for it yeah. and that that exhale at the end of the song where he just kind of that yeah. silence and yeah. then he yeah fuck i know dude yeah. i was hugging everybody around me man <laughs> bro i love you i yeah. love it. i mean it was just like it was magical damn it i wish the church would unleash that i know i know that's that's our quest here jeff to somehow, I don't want to say make that exactly. That's what man made. We're going to do right. Yeah, we're yeah. and and hopefully, there's not a conflict for men of any religious orientation. Right. That even though the tagline is "good guys who drink and cuss a little," that's not a prerequisite or a requirement. <laughs> right. But that for anybody that wants to experience unconditional positive regard and then pass that experience yes. on yes that is the heart and soul of man-made and the man-made program is designed for that journey so that mm-hmm. you, when you get to the end of that journey regardless of what you, you don't need a fucking label if you want one you whatever <laughs> yeah. but you'll have a a centeredness to you. I had a client this week who's going through some difficult circumstances and uh, I just sent a text, see how they were doing. And they, they sent back and I told them I'm taking this. Okay. <laughs> Something like, how are you doing today? And the response was unfuck with the bull. Oh, okay, I get it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Sure. I had to read it a couple yeah, of times. Yeah. And now it's easier to see it than yeah. it is to hear unfuckwithable. So at the end of the man-made program, you will be unfuckwithable. <laughs> and not only will you experience what it feels like to be loved, embraced, supported with an unconditional positive regard, you'll be able to create that in every relationship that you have Mm -hmm. and that is our philosophical core and that is what we aim to do Mm -hmm. wow that that is a great wrap-up to our rambling today it was solid man i don't think it was ramble appreciate you experience sharing (laughs) the intimacy of that experience Mm -hmm. and and that's another thing that that i've always valued about you is that you will let whatever experience move you however it moves you. You don't have a, this is my way of saying it, but you don't have like a, is that secular or is that spirit, whatever it is. If something moves you spiritually within your faith, you let it move you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's Pink Floyd or Eric Church or whatever it is or talking to a homeless person. You let any experience affect you and move you spiritually in the way that it does. And that's, dude, that's fucking cool and and really something that 
inspires me because in the beginning, as I moved away from Christianity, it was it was just a common reaction to that was to start to de-emphasize that. And I fucking love the Gospels. I still read the Gospels. I still am moved by the way that Jesus lived his life and how he inter- interacted with people. And what I find so impressive about Jesus, and, and whether he's fictional or historical, to me makes no difference, he didn't give a fuck. <laughs> I mean, he went into the temple and started flipping tables. <laughs> He's at a wedding, and he makes more wine. Mm-hmm. He lounges with harlots and tax collectors. He marches his ass into Samaria mm-hmm. and has an interaction with the woman at the well. That is scandalous as mm-hmm. fuck if you mm-hmm. know the historical context. Yeah, yeah. And he just did it. Right, right. And when you when you contemplate that and then you think about the recklessness of which being loved like Jesus does, dude, that's provocative. Yes, it is. We're going to create awesome. that shit. All yes. right, wrap us up here. Slam <laughs> this plane before I, <laughs> I do another touch, you, touch and go. <laughs> so well, the, the shaman truly came out today. And uh, if you have comments on anything that was said today, um, let us know at Becoming Man Made Today on Facebook, or you can check out our website, uh, Becoming Man Made, and there's a way to contact us through that. Uh, yeah, just call Jeff and I if you want at any time. So uh, give us the five stars, and um, thanks for listening today. All right, peace out. Hey!